Today's scripture reading is found on page two of your bulletin. Acts 10:38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Luke 4, 17 through 21. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has appointed, anointed me to proclaim the good news of, to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim ca- liberty to captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been f- fulfilled in your hearing. Matthew twelve twenty two through 28 Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him, so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, Oh, it is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if this is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, good evening. How y'all doing this evening? My name is Andrew Russell, one of the pastors here. Uh, You might see me usually leading the singing, but I took a break today to bring the word to you. But let's pray as we get into it. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, we ask that you, Father, would speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit and that your Holy Spirit might move in a mighty way this evening. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Amen. So uh, this sermon series that Glenn has kicked off is uh, basically looking at the humanity of Jesus Christ. What was Jesus like as a human being? And so we, we looked at how Jesus was angry, how Jesus had joy, how Jesus showed sorrow. And today we are going to look at how Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit. Now, when you, when you look at the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, many people uh, think that Jesus had an unfair advantage, right? Uh, you know, he's, he's God. And so Jesus doesn't uh, really know how I struggle with sin. Jesus, uh, you know, he had this unfair advantage because he's God. And some say, of course, that because of his divinity, he, he, he didn't know my pain. He doesn't know my frustration. He doesn't know my doubts because he was perfect. And when we compare ourselves to Jesus, a, a lot of times we fall short. We, we fall short because we're constantly aware of our human limitations. And nothing makes me more aware of my human limitations when I take my four kids to the American Indian Museum <laughs> yesterday. 
So my wife is at home, uh, you know, just on cloud nine with just being free. And I was with my kids and I took them to the American Indian Museum. And I'm telling you, when, I, when I'm walking in downtown D.C. with my four kids, six and below, I'm very aware of my human limitations. You know, people whisper, they, they whisper, they're like, he's weighing over his head. <laughs> they, then another whisper I hear is like, are all those kids his? <laughs> and then another one, which is, you know, I get all the time, is he needs help. And even if, I, even if I tell people, you know what, don't worry, I have this under complete control. They give me that look. The, kind, the look that my wife gives me when I tell her that I'm going to uh, feed my kids breakfast at 6.45 in the morning. You know that look like, mm-hmm, yeah, right. But Jesus faced limitations. The Bible teaches that Jesus was 100% human. And the Gospel of Matthew talks about Jesus being a direct descendant of Abraham and also a descendant of King David. And in the Gospel of Luke, we see that Jesus is a direct descendant of Adam, who was the first man. And so uh, 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 we see that, yes, so the Gospels are showing that, look, Jesus is coming from humans, from Abraham, from Isaac and Jacob, from David. And we see the line of Jesus through human means. But Jesus, as we all know, is also 100% divine. We see proofs of Christ's divinity and the participation with God the Father in the creation. John 1 says, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all things were created uh, uh, by the Word of God. And so we see Jesus participating with the Father in John 1. And we also see more proofs of Christ's divinity, the fact that he forgave sins, the fact that he uh, displayed miracles in his moral perfection, and the fact that he fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy. Now, Jesus has power in and of himself. He is the word made flesh, as scripture says. Yet Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit. The word made flesh depended on the Holy Spirit. I, I want that to sink in for a few seconds. Colossians 1, 15 through 17 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things are, were created through him and for him. And yet this preeminent being, you know, I went to Covenant College and our slogan, our motto is in all things Christ preeminent. And so this preeminent being, this, 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 this one whom all creation is created for, depended on the Holy Spirit. Jesus has power in, of himself, but he depended. And so I want to quote a famous rapper his name is Kendrick Lamar. You might have heard about him. You know, I, I would encourage you to listen to the clean version. Uh, so if you don't know who he is, then you look at you like, man, Andrew, what in the world? Clean version, amen. But this is a short quote that he said. He says, I hope I hear a crowd from heaven so loud 
that it can water down a demon with the Holy Ghost till it drowned in the blood of Jesus. And so who is this Holy Ghost? Who is this Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit just a manifestation of the same God or is he a distinct but equal person of the Godhead? Well, we we see hints of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And when I thought about this, you know, a lot of times people think about the Holy Spirit, we turn to the New Testament, but we actually see hints of God's Holy Spirit, a distinctive individual person in the Old Testament. And in Genesis 1 and 2, uh, when the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters at the beginning of creation, the scripture says that the earth was without form and that it was also void. And darkness was also over the face of the deep. And so even in the very uh, beginning of time itself, we we see the Holy Spirit hovering over this uh, shapeless and formless void in deep darkness, and he's bringing a, a, a form, and he's bringing shape out of the formlessness and the shapelessness. The, the Holy Spirit brings order where there is chaos. In Isaiah chapter 63, it gives us a clearer hint of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Isaiah talks about how the Holy Spirit redeemed and saved the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt. And the writer says, and I quote, in his love... In his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up. He carried them all the days of old, but they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. You know, I, you know I, I'm a pastor, went to seminary, and I'm just like, man, I didn't even know the Holy Spirit was in Isaiah chapter 63. Go ahead and read it. There, there's about four different mentions of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Now, uh, in the New Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit is present in the the conception of Jesus Christ. Jesus was conceived in Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We also see that Jesus uh, was baptized by God the Father and the Holy Spirit. We see their presence in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit throughout his ministry and life on earth. Now, we must note that Jesus had power in and of himself. Jesus is 100% divine. He is the word of God made flesh. But yet, he submitted to the Holy Spirit. Gerald Hawthorne, in his work, The Presence and the Power, The Significance of the Holy Spirit in the Life and Ministry of Jesus, says this, and I quote, For the significance of the Spirit in in Jesus' life lies precisely in this, that the Holy Spirit was the divine power by which Jesus overcame his human limitations, rose above his human weakness, and won out over his mortality. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' closest companion, and tonight I'm going to mention three ways how we see this companionship. The first, Jesus was led by the Spirit. Secondly, Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, Jesus was anointed by the Spirit. So let's look at the first one that Jesus was led by the Spirit. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, I'm going to to be referencing a lot of scripture here. So if if, if you don't like scripture, you're going to get a lot of it tonight. Amen. Because I believe that scripture is God's holy word. And so I I would rather God speak than you hear my voice. 
And so in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1, uh, it says that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. In this passage, we, we don't get a, a picture of Jesus' preference, right? Uh, however, we do get a sense that he willingly, and he, he, he went willingly, and he submitted to the Holy Spirit's leading, even when led to do spiritual battle with Satan himself. This leading by the Spirit comes right after Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and the God the Father said, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And after this, this glorious fellowship, this, this glorious affirmation from God the Father and his Holy Spirit, the Bible says that he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So often when we think of being led by God's spirit, we think about being led to do good things. For example, uh, God lead me to find a good job. Uh, God lead me as I prepare for my presentation. God lead me to desire spiritual things. But who desires to be led into the wilderness to face the devil? Whose only desire is to kill, uh, to steal and destroy? I mean, no one wants that. But before we despair by being led by God's spirit, we must see that God's spirit was with Jesus. Jesus was never alone in the wilderness. Jesus followed the spirit into the wilderness. Jesus submitted himself to the Holy Spirit's leading. He humbled himself to the point of wanting nothing but to be led by the Holy Spirit. And why why is this so significant? Why is it significant that Jesus Christ was led by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that it's significant because if Jesus never faced temptation, then how can he know what it means to be human? (laughs) Jesus did not succumb to temptation, but he was tempted and he depended on the Holy Spirit to lead him out of the wilderness, just like God led his people, Israel, out of the wilderness when they escaped from Egypt. The submission of Jesus's desires is important here because if Jesus was never willing to be led by God's Holy Spirit, then how can we make it in this world? You know, we have so many desires that are competing for our attention and it is, it is impossible to desire the things of God without being led by God's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did not uh, lead Jesus to his demise into the wilderness, but he led Jesus, Hebrew says, to sympathize with our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit, uh, he had a host of people in mind when he led Jesus into the wilderness because the Holy Spirit knew that Jesus was going to be a great high priest who's going to sympathize with our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit is not an abstract, invisible force. But the Holy Spirit is a personal presence. And that personal presence accompanied Jesus in the wilderness. He was Jesus' closest companion. And secondly, we we see that Jesus was also empowered by the Spirit. We read it in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. says that Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do good and to heal all who are oppressed by the devil. Uh, Throughout uh, scripture, we we see Jesus uh, being empowered by the Holy Spirit to to heal the sick, 
to, to raise the dead, uh, to cast out demons. But Acts 10 says he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do good. And I'll get into that. In Matthew 12 and 28, Jesus attributed his power to cast out demons by the Spirit of God. And Jesus also said uh, to speak against the Holy Spirit is to blaspheme God. And it's, it's blasphemy. And so Jesus depended on the Spirit's power to cast out demons. And real quick, I, I, I want to I liken this relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit to a spoken word poet by the name of J. Ivy. I'm a musician, so when I think, I think poetry and music as illustrations. So forgive me if you, God bless you, bless you in the back. Um, so forgive me if this goes over your head. But this is from the poet J. Ivy, and I'm trying to liken this relationship between Jesus and God's Holy Spirit. And so the poet says this. He says, I'm not just another individual. My spirit is a part of this. That's why it's spiritual. But I get my hymns from him. So it's not me. It's he that's lyrical. I'm not a miracle. I'm a heaven sent instrument. My rhythmic regiment navigates melodic notes for your soul and your mental. That's why I'm instrumental. Let it be known that God's penmanship has been signed with the language called love. That's why my breath is felt by the deaf. And while my words are heard and confined to the ears of the blind, I too dream in color and in rhyme. So I guess I'm one of a kind in a full house. Because whenever I open my heart, my soul or my mouth, a touch of God reigns out. When Jesus loved a touch of God, Rained out. When Jesus healed, a touch of God rained out. When Jesus did good, a touch of God rained out because he depended on the Holy Spirit. Many times we think about the, the Holy Spirit's power. We, uh, we think the, the power to do miracles and the, the, these superhuman feats. We think about Samson. Who, who crushed a, a, a thousand men with a donkey jawbone and, and, and he, he pushed the pillars and it fell down in the temple. But do we ever think about being empowered by the Holy Spirit to display supernatural kindness or, or supernatural patience or supernatural self-control? When you experience conflict, do you think, I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to display supernatural forgiveness? When you find it hard to deal with difficult situations, do you think, you know what, I need supernatural joy and patience? Jesus was 100% human and 100% divine. Uh, the Holy Spirit added nothing to his divinity, yet in terms of his humanity, the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to live as a human day by day to do the work that God the Father had sent him to do. And Jesus went about doing good by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he, he fed the hungry. He, he, he gave drink to the thirsty. He clothed the naked. He visited those in prison. He invited strangers into his house. He went about doing good. The Holy Spirit not only empowered Jesus to preach the good news of the gospel, which is that he has come to save people from their sin, 
But the Holy Spirit also empowered Jesus to live out the gospel by doing good. And he did good to everyone he came into contact with. Jesus did good with zeal. He, he was wasteful in his doing good. He did not sit still. He didn't send an anonymous letter. There was no random act of kindness. Jesus was purposeful and prolific in doing good. And Jesus hung out with sinners and tax collectors and, and gangsters and lawyers. And I, I don't want me to equivalent gangsters with lawyers because we got a, we got a bunch of lawyers in D.C. But, but Jesus hung out with, with, with some of the people that you would normally hang out with. And he drew crowds because he went about doing good. And those who believed his message and those who rejected his message could not deny the fact that Jesus went about doing good. Jesus, uh, he did good to the atheist. He did good to the, to the unbeliever. He, he did good to the skeptic and the cynic. Jesus' goodness knew no bounds. His goodness knew no limits. He did good to those who could never return the favor because he was a practical preacher. He preached his life. And you don't, you don't have to parse words to understand the message of Jesus because all you had to do was be in his presence to know that Jesus was about doing good. And if today you're here, you feel like a, God has left you in the dark. You feel like he hasn't shown you his presence. Then look at Jesus who was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do good. Your goodness may go far, but it can never exceed the level of goodness that Jesus achieved because Jesus did good even to his enemies. This is why we need to depend on God's Holy Spirit because only God's Spirit can empower human beings to do good. And if you don't believe me, Romans 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 10 through 12 says that there is no one righteous, no, not one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. There is no one who does good, not even one. Jesus, the Son of God, the, the image of the invisible God, had to depend on the Holy Spirit for his moral perfection, and so do we. Thirdly, Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And I'll close with this. In Luke chapter 4, uh, verse 18 through 19, Jesus preached his first sermon in the synagogue and, and he opened the scroll to the, 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 the book of Isaiah chapter 61. And we read it earlier. The, uh, Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord has anointed him to proclaim good news to the poor, proclaim liberty to the captives, uh, recovering of sight to the blind, to liberate those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. This means that Jesus was commissioned by God to be God's representative on the earth. Jesus was chosen by God the Father to be the Messiah. The Father looked around, like uh, when you read I Isaiah chapter 6, and the Father looked around at all of heaven and he asked Jesus, I believe, the same question that he asked the prophet Isaiah. And that question is, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Jesus answers and says, here am I, Father, send me. You see, many people claim to be the Messiah. Even today, many people claim to be the Messiah. 
But there is only one spirit anointed Messiah. And that person is Jesus Christ. First John uh, chapter 2 verse 22 speaks to the fact that to deny that Jesus is the Messiah is to also deny that God is the Father. Jesus is not uh, just a self-proclaimed Messiah. He is a spirit-anointed Messiah chosen by God to be offered up as a sacrifice for our sins so that we might have eternal life in Christ. Jesus was also resurrected by God's Holy Spirit to finalize our salvation so that not even death can destroy it. Have you been anointed by God's Holy Spirit? Because Jesus, he offers his Holy Spirit to us. And we look at the high priestly prayer. Jesus actually speaks a lot about God's Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, it's expedient for me to leave when he was talking to his disciples because I'm going to send a helper. And this helper is going to guide you into all truth. This helper is going to empower you to do good. This helper is going to, uh, uh, to, bring, you, uh, to bring my word to remembrance. This helper is going to help you to want the things of God. And Jesus offered this same helper to, to you tonight. Jesus not only wants to save you, but he wants to live inside of you by the power of his Holy Spirit. And if this doesn't make sense, if you feel like the gospel is too difficult to understand or you find it impossible to believe, you think, you know what, Andrew, I read the scripture, I read it, but it just, it, it just doesn't make sense. I, my heart is cold. I don't believe that this is God's word. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm looking at commentaries. I'm, I'm going on YouTube. I'm, 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 I'm just reading and I'm reading, but my heart is cold. My brothers and sisters, we need to call on his Holy Spirit. Because only the Holy Spirit can draw us to Jesus. Only the Holy Spirit can draw us to an understanding of who God is. You know, when we, 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 we read God's word, we need to ask God to, Lord, help my unbelief. God already knows that no one wants him. I, I read it right there in Romans. It, it, there's no one who seeks after God. God already knows this. He isn't surprised by the fact that we find it hard to, to want the things of God. And that's why... He says, that's why Jesus says, I can't wait to send the helper. Because he's going to help you in your one-twos. Because God's Holy Spirit is Jesus' closest companion. And you cannot know one without knowing the other. You know, a lot of people want to know about Jesus, the historical Jesus. Who was Jesus? Was he a real person? Or I want to follow the example of Jesus. Oh, Christians, y'all are not living like Jesus. But Jesus' closest companion was God's Holy Spirit. And so if we really want to know Jesus, we need to know who this person is. We need to know what is this Holy Spirit. We need to know how how does the Spirit empower? How does the Spirit anoint? How does the Spirit lead? Because the Holy Spirit was Jesus' closest companion. And yet Jesus, being 100% divine, submitted to the Holy Spirit because Jesus knew that it is not by might nor by power, but by God's spirit. Jesus was sent on mission by the Father to do the work. And he knew that he, uh, he, he had to do it by God's Holy Spirit. Because, as Ezekiel chapter 36 says, when, when uh, uh, Ezekiel talks about this fact that uh, I, I, will put in, I will sprinkle water on you and give you hearts of flesh... And I will put my spirit in you so that you can obey me and follow after me. This is the new covenant. 
In John 6, the Bible says that no one can come to the Father unless, no one can come to me, this is what Jesus said, sorry, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And the only way to come to Christ is through his Holy Spirit. John 16, 7 through 10 says the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, of righteousness, and judgment because we don't believe in him. And so uh, when, 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 we, when we see this new covenant that God wants to pour his spirit into us, uh, and we see that the Holy Spirit is actually in, uh, our, our one-twos to obey God, uh, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to want to read the Bible, to want to spend time in God's presence, to want to discover even if God is real. The Holy Spirit is the one who draws. And so the, uh, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit... Uh, his, his presence is also the evidence of a life that has been changed by the gospel. The Holy Spirit is our one to, like I said, and so my question today is threefold. Are you being led by God's spirit? Are you being empowered by God's spirit? Have you been anointed by God's Holy Spirit? If Jesus Christ, the word of God made flesh, depended on the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit to live as a human day by day to do the work of the father then my brothers and sisters so do we we cannot do this on our own yes it's hard for us to want the things of God it's hard for me sometimes and that's why I have to call on God's Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was Jesus's closest companion and if you want to know who Jesus is you got to know his Holy Spirit let's pray Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you, O God, that your Holy Spirit was given to us, that you have lavished your Holy Spirit, that Jesus Christ did not leave us alone, that Jesus Christ did not leave us in our uh, weaknesses, that Jesus Christ didn't leave us to figure this out all by ourselves. But we thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit, our helper in time of need, the one who draws us to the things of God. And so I ask, O oh God, that your Holy Spirit might draw us today to yourself so that we might not only obey you, but that we might love you and, the, and that we might do good by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.